0: proverbs 29 while you're turning there uh, let me remind you uh, the days ahead let's stay faithful this year our theme is others and we're going to be focused on others if we're focused on the lord uh, the natural overflow is to uh, try and reach others be a help to others and certainly not be uh, self-focused but focus on others and uh, there's 20 something Sundays, at least 20 Sundays, special Sundays planned this year uh, that you'll be uh, seeing the dates very, very soon. Uh, some of these are just Sundays uh, focusing on s- uh, certain groups, different ministries, just to uh, bring, uh, uh, highlight certain ministries so we can keep our focus right. And so along the way, you jump in, get involved, and let's stay faithful, continue praying for the things that God uh, has for us to be involved in. It is good to have uh, guests tonight, certainly, uh, some of the Gray family, but some others who are in uh, this evening, it's good to have them in the service tonight, and I have to say, it's good to have my oldest daughter in the service this evening, Uh, she came in this afternoon, and uh, she's here to uh, spend some time with me, which is a good thing, and so, uh, but, uh, did y'all know I'm going to be a grandfather, did y'all know that? Okay, I I just want to make sure that you knew that, and so, when she comes walking through the aisles, make sure you steer clear, keep her safe, keep her, uh, keep her, anyway, Proverbs 29, we are in lesson number 41 tonight uh, in our series, The People of Proverbs. You didn't know that there were that many people in Proverbs, did you? And uh, we're going to look at another one this evening, and we'll continue in this series uh, for many weeks ahead. Uh, But tonight we're going to deal with one that, and as you know, we're picking a a character, an individual. And depending on that character, it's either something the Scripture tells us how to be that character or tells us how to avoid being that individual. And depending on the character, we know whether we want to be like them or to avoid them. But also, Scripture helps us know how to deal with certain types of individuals. I don't know about you, but my emotions will betray me. How often will they betray me? Every single time. When we view life, or we view situations, or we view people through our emotions, we are bound to make some mistakes. You ever said anything you wish you hadn't said? Uh, you've ever uh, uh, thought some things that you, you're glad you didn't say, but you wish you hadn't thought, uh, we have to be reminded that the Scripture tells us how to handle situations, to hand, handle t- certain types of people. And so uh, we look at this, this evening, and tonight we're going to look at one, Proverbs 29. We're just going to read one verse this evening. We'll stay in verse number 1, uh, the entire Bible study. Proverbs 29, verse number 1, He, that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed in that without remedy i can recall as a teenager uh, going to youth conferences being in youth rallies uh, being in uh, high school bible class uh, sitting in my living room uh, hearing sermons uh, from this passage of scripture anybody else out there like that And certainly it is something as a young man, I remember this verse of Scripture and putting a little bit of a fear as it should because, you know, I didn't have a problem with the hardening of the neck. Maybe you do. It's the suddenly be destroyed that would get my attention. And so tonight I want to look at that verse of Scripture and I want to deal with a type of individual that I'm just going to go ahead and say it that I'll pray so that that'll give you a chance to not be mad at me. But all of us have a problem with what I'm going to talk about tonight. Tonight I'm going to speak on dealing with the stubborn. Dealing with the stubborn. How many of you, your wife, is stubborn? You didn't fall for that, did you? Anybody else have a problem with being stubborn? Now, in some senses, being stubborn is not a bad thing if you're stubborn about the right thing. We throw that out there, but that's usually not what we're stubborn about. And we're going to look at stubborn in the context of this verse tonight. And hopefully it'll be a help to us, some things that we can file away. Uh, That's where we find ourselves this evening. Uh, It can help us. uh, But let's ask the Lord to help us as we look at dealing with the stubborn. Father, we come to you once again, opening your book uh, the answers to life, the keys to life. Father, I, I pray that this, the truths that we see this evening uh, will be a help to us. May it help us avoid uh, that destruction. Uh, may it help us understand how to better deal uh, with life's uh, circumstances. May it help us in ministering to others and being patient with others as we uh, understand ourselves and understand these truths. Father, I pray that you'll uh, bless the Bible study in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you before we get into the introduction tonight as we look at these different characters. uh, We have looked at many of them. We've looked at the wise man. We've looked at the scorner, the fool, and so many. So We're at uh, lesson number 41 tonight. I want to remind you that uh, what we do determines which one of these we are. And we can be a wise man today and a fool tomorrow. And so we always need to be on guard with uh, the decisions we make, the circumstances we put ourselves in, and we must let the Bible determine where we are in life, who we are, what we are, and how to deal with certain groups of people. Oftentimes, as we read the book of Proverbs, maybe we say, well, you know, there's a wise man. I can't be a wise man. I, I I make foolish decisions. Well, we've seen that a wise man does certain things, And while we may not look at ourselves as wise, others may be calling us fools, but from God's perspective, if we treat wisdom and we treat understanding and learning and instruction as God says to treat it, then God says we're wise. Likewise, there's sometimes we say, well, that person's a fool, but yet we find ourselves in the same situation. Uh, For example, I've used this illustration. You you don't go down to, when you have your child is born in that hospital, uh, you you don't find that the parent is looking at their child and they're saying, oh, thank you, Lord, you gave me a wise one. While in the next room, mom and dad is distraught because my child is born a fool. And they can never overcome that. We're born sinners. Do we all agree with that? And because of that, there's things that come with that. But we're not born. You're like, well, my child, everybody's child is smarter than everybody else's. Everybody's child, my child's wise. My child will never do that. You know, and that's a bunch of foolishness except for my grandchild. They are the wise one, but you know how that works. The point is, God determines if we're wise. God determines if we're a scorner. God determines if we're a fool. God determines if we're slothful. God determines if we're prudent. God determines all of of those things. So, we would do well tonight when it comes to the subject of being stubborn. What the Bible talks about, the danger of that, how to avoid that. Now, today you may say, I'm not stubborn. Well, God may bring circumstances into your life that allows you or, or may, you make decisions. decision whether or not you're going to be stubborn. Now, let me just say, I've already said it. We've all found ourselves being stubborn. I'll be the first to admit to you that I have a stubborn problem. You don't have to second that. But anybody else out there have a problem with that? I'm going to put it in context with this verse this evening. But first, let me give you a definition of stubborn. Unreasonably obstinate. I guess we're all a little obstinate, but this is unreasonably obstinate, inflexibly fixed in opinion, not to be moved or persuaded by reasons, inflexible. I'll finish that definition in a minute, but it's amazing to me how many times as a pastor I've, I've been involved in a situation or trying to give counsel, and I say, well, this is what the Bible says. And these very words, I know that's what it says, but. um, That's being pretty inflexible. Maybe I'm the only one like this, but there's times I've had an opinion, and I've said, well, let's just see what God says. Because certainly God's opinion lines up with my opinion. And I actually look and read what God says. And I was like, well, that's not exactly what my opinion was. Now I have a decision to make. Am I going to be inflexible? Am I going to be unreasonably obstinate? Or am I going to yield to the Word of God? So that stubborn is unreasonably obstinate, inflexibly fixed in opinion, not to be moved or persuaded by reasons, inflexible. As a stubborn son... A stubborn mind or soul. With that definition in mind, let me remind you the context of the book of Proverbs. It's a father instructing his son with wisdom, and giving him instruction so he might have knowledge. So therefore, he may have understanding. Solomon, we know who Solomon is. We know the son of David, the king of Israel, the wisest man in the world who made a lot of stupid decisions. He was wise and a fool at the same time. It, 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 that's who's giving the context, who's giving the instruction. He's instructing his son: do this so that you get this result. Don't go down this pathway. Because here's the result of that. Son, avoid this kind of person, this kind of person, this kind of person. Get out of bed. Don't roll over. We we know the book of Proverbs well enough to understand it's a father, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, giving some pretty good counsel from a personal perspective. So the son cannot say, I never had instruction. He has to respond to the instruction. Now, I know what it's like to be a son, and I haven't always appreciated the instruction. But whether I agree with it, or I'm in the mood for it, or it disrupts my schedule... I'm responsible for the instruction. So I can approach it as the admonition from a father is, son, hear the instruction. Gain understanding. There's wisdom to be gleaned. Well, what an opportunity this young man had. He could learn from the wisest man. He could learn from his father's mistakes too as that instruction is given. But in this instruction, it's interesting, he said, he reminds him, you know, when you're instructed, you're going to have to decide what to do with that instruction. It was a good day, if you'll allow me to be personal for a moment, it was a good day in this preacher's ministry when I got to the point where I was not responsible for what you did with what God instructed me to teach. I want it so, because I know what this will do for you. I know what it will do for your home, for your marriage, for the peace in your life. I know what it will do in the instruction of your children. And you can want something so bad, but I can't force anybody to follow this. I can't force anyone to get saved. It's one of the, the, the most disheartening feelings to know there's somebody in the auditorium and, 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 and they're not saved and you give the gospel message and they refuse Christ and they leave the way they came in. That's very disheartening. See, so Pastor, what would you do about that if I could? If I could, I'd force them to get saved. But it wouldn't be salvation. The idea there, friend, we're all going to find ourselves there this evening when we get into the outline, is the instructions given, we have to decide. Are we going to be stubborn? Or are we going to yield to what he has for us? Let me give you, I have, I have a few things tonight, and I'll let you out uh, close to the same time we get out every week, 930. And so uh, here we go. Num- number one, the reproof comes by way of authority the reproof comes by way of authority he that being often reproved hard in his neck so there's reproof being given so where does the reproof come by now we you and i would not would, would do well to not get our proof from social media our reproof from social media polls we would do well not to get all of our reproof if any at all from our peers So where do we get reproof? Reproof comes by way of authority. Now, there's authority of the Word. The Word of God, I'll start with me, reproves me. I'll finish with you, reproves you. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Something tells me I it probably has sometimes I will read this Bible and instead of just encouraging me this Bible rebukes me that ever happened to you we're told that that's one of the purposes of scripture so that's where the reproof comes, it comes by way of authority this is the authority of the word of God can we all agree on that it comes, by the way, of the Spirit. Now, let me just say, in case somebody's wondering this tonight, the Spirit is never in conflict with the Word. The Spirit sheds light on the Word, but never conflicts it. The Spirit gives, gives conviction to the heart, but never conflicts I've said this many times during this study, and I'll say it again tonight. Sometimes I say, Pastor, I'm praying on this, and I'm going to say, why? Because God's already said. So why are we praying over it? The Spirit comes from authority. But there's a reproof that comes by way of authority. There's also a position of authority. We have some of our teenagers sitting over there, and I hope this is the case in every one of their homes, but they are not the authority in their home. If every home has this as its foundation, the authority, then the position of authority in the home is going to be the parent. So reproof, sorry teenagers, comes from a position of authority. And so that is where we have to understand the reproof is going to come by way of authority. Now, that word reproof, let me give a quick definition before we move on. Is blame expressed to the face? Censure for a fault, reprehension. Now, doesn't the Bible tell us in the book of 2 Timothy, I believe, that one of the purposes of Scripture is to reprove? That definition is blame expressed to the face? Now we like it when somebody is preaching and we think it's talking about somebody else in the building. Park there a while run a lap. But when the scripture and the spirit reproves us. When when you ever been under conviction before? Two of you? Okay, good. All right. Does it feel good? doesn't feel good. So That's very uncomfortable. Was it conviction? Don't, don't run from conviction. Aren't you thankful this Bible encourages you, builds you, strengthens you, convicts you? It reproves us. So the reproof goes by way of authority. Let's he'd Keep in mind that, that definition of reproof. Uh, number two, the stubborn reveals his stubbornness only when reproved. This is going to be deep for you tonight, so write it down. The stubborn reveals his stubbornness only when reproved. Notice what the Bible says, he that being often reproved hardens his neck. Now, you don't get a chance to reveal your stubborn until you're put in a position to be stubborn. We must be very, very careful as Christians to look at another brother and sister in Christ and look at a position they're in and say, if I was in that position, I would do things differently. That's easy to do when you've never been in that position. And by the way, we all have a tendency to do that. Well, that, boy, it, it, that stubbornness, if he doesn't deal with that, well, you know what? When you and I get reproved by the Scripture, by the Spirit, now we have a chance to reveal whether or not we're going to be stubborn. Everyone is and has the potential to be Stubborn we talked about a fool. It's like, you, 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 hopefully you're, you're not a fool today. Hopefully you're, you're listening to the word of God. You're establishing the things in your life and you're not ignoring the instruction of God in your life, uh, but you could be, you could be, do something foolish tomorrow. The same is true of stubbornness. We've all been there. We all have the potential to be stubborn. But that reproof, that stubborn, reveals a stubbornness only when reproved. You don't know how a kid is going to respond until he's put in a position where he is faced, he's reproved with his error. It's true of all of us that often we well, I'm not, okay, that we're reproved again. It's multiple times we have the potential, we reveal ourselves. Number three, please take note of this one. The real danger is not in the need of reproof. The danger is in the hardening. Can I, can I help us tonight? Nobody in here is perfect. Nobody in here has ever lived to this point where they haven't needed reproof. I don't know why we're surprised when the Spirit of God reproves us. Because we're flesh. And when we don't walk in the Spirit, we don't keep every thought in captivity. Well, we sin. And we have the spirit that reproves us. The real danger is not in the need of reproof. That's why sometimes we allow pride to keep us from being right with God, right with other people, because it's not in the fact that we are wrong. You enter into the presence of God, it's not going to take you long to realize how wrong you are. Because when you measure yourself against perfection. I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again. I'll go with I'm going to pray about these things. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for these people. And I'm going to, I, I, need, I want God to answer these things. And the moment I start praying, the Holy Spirit says, hold up. Before you, before you talk about this, let's talk about you. And I very kindly have to remind the Spirit, I'm not here to talk about me. I don't want to talk about me. I have these requests. But the Spirit of God says, no, we need to talk about you. What is that? That's reproof. Now, I have a... Sometimes we're surprised that we go to church with imperfect people. Why is the pastor preaching tonight? Because we need it. Well, I don't need it tonight. You'll need it Tomorrow. Because that's just the way we are. But there's nothing. Sometimes the devil, one of the greatest, the gravest positions a Christian finds themselves in, many, many times, is when we, when we, when we, we, we fail, we mess up, we say something we shouldn't say, we, we fall away from, we backslide, and then we're like, well, I can't, I can't ever fix that. Aren't you thankful that? You can always get back to God. Always get back to God. There's nobody in here, this preacher included, that hasn't had to get back to God. We've all needed the reproof. That's not the danger. The danger is once we are reproved, how do we respond? The danger is in who does he think he is? The danger is in I'll forgive when they apologize. The Spirit's pretty good at telling you to forgive. You know, there, you know I, 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 and this is good for us to remind us because I'm going to point out a real danger here. More churches have been split, more homes have been destroyed by bitter Christians than drunk ones. We're all vulnerable to anything, that the, any vices of this world if we don't protect ourselves. Man, there's grave danger when somebody wrongs you and you don't forgive them. I've been there. I've been there. Well, what does that do? That leads to bitterness. There's nothing more miserable than a bitter Christian. How did that happen? Well, Probably sometime the Spirit of God said, you need to forgive. I don't, I don't want to forgive. Even Paul said, "Well, these are problems for 2024. No, even Paul in one of his letters said, tell sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so to knock it off. I'm paraphrasing. Knock it off. Forgive each other and start serving the Lord together. So with the early church, Needed this. I wonder if there's a sister so-and-so and a sister so-and-so who, who, who you've... Somebody's wronged you. I know, you know, I know, I know. They, 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 they took your place in line waiting for the restroom or they took the parking spot out there or whatever this case is. Pastor, you're making light of, of these real wrongs. Just when we are, re, when we are reproved... We must deal with the reproof. That's why, and I'm not the first preacher to say it, I don't doubt I'll be the last. But when the Holy Spirit deals with your heart, deal with it right then. Take care of it right there. I haven't always practiced that. I've regretted it when I haven't. Well, I'll deal with that when I get home. Maybe you will. I don't doubt your sincerity. Well, I'll deal with that later. Well, it's, it's, the real danger is not in the need of reproof because we all need that. The danger is in the hardening, number four. Let's read that verse one more time and I'll give you number four. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Before I give you number four, let me just say I'm thankful for reproof. I didn't say I like it. I didn't say I've always responded scripturally to it. But I'm thankful for it. Uh, Number four, the hardening lulls the stubborn into a sense of security or victory. The hardening lulls the stubborn into a sense of security or victory. Have you ever been stubborn? I've been stubborn. I think we've all, if we're honest, we'd say we've been stubborn. At what point does it get to the place where it's not about being right, but winning? We've, through the last several months, my wife likes to play board games. I spelled board games differently than she spells board games So there's been some people over through the holidays playing board games on different occasions. God help losing a board game. I'm not going to mention any names, but in a, a silly illustration of no, I'm right. When you're arguing over a boardwalk in Park Place, that's not a big deal. But when you're dealing with your spouse, when you're dealing with another brother and sister in Christ, it's a big deal. It's a dangerous place that I don't want to be. I won. Because when you win, there's a sense of security, isn't there? There's a sense of victory. But God's word tells us that he that being often reproved hardened his neck. He hardens. I'm resisting. I'm not giving in no matter what pressure, what you do. There's a sense of victory there. I resisted. I didn't give in. All the pressure that was put on me. Well, there's a there's a lot of young people, sadly, who grew up in Bible preaching churches and good moms and good dads who who just tried to 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 to, to treat to, to have them be reared in a in a godly home and the best that they could do. And boy, they rebel against all of that and they and they and they, they harden that neck and say, "I won. What'd you what'd you win?" What we do is we lull ourselves into a sense of security. Nobody's telling me what to do. I've run off the three preachers before you. You'll be gone too. The way that the Bible tells us the hardening lulls the stubborn to a sense of security or victory. That leads us to number five. Because the rebellious has a false sense of security, the destruction is without warning. Now, Answer me tonight. Do, do, do you believe the Bible, yes or no? Amen. Okay. Do we believe every word in the Bible God put there on purpose? Yes, yes, he did. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck. Now, there's a pattern there. There's something God is saying is true. If you say, so I, I just I have a difference of opinion and I don't want to listen. I just, I, just, I just don't see it that way. You're being reproved and reproved and reproved and often reproved. The Bible says if you do that, you are hardening your neck. You will harden your neck. You get to that place. No, no, no. Then what's going to happen? Here proveth, hardened his, his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. Does that does your Bible say might? Mine doesn't say might. Mine says shall. There's, and I can't remember the date I taught the Bible study, but I showed us from the, the book of Proverbs. That there are, there, we should believe our Bible more than we believe our own sight, the more we believe our own understanding. Because His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. He'd be a little God if He lived in your mind. He'd be a little God if He lived in my mind. Boy, I'm thankful He's not. So God says if you do that and you harden your neck... Shall suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Suddenly is without warning. Suddenly is even though you feel like you've won, the the, because the rebellious has a false sense of security, the destruction is without warning. It seems sudden. But in reality, it's not. You ever her- heard a sad story? Well, that's a life wrecked, a life ruined. We shouldn't revel in that. We shouldn't rejoice in that. Well, it's It's tragic. Or you see somebody fall out of church without warning. So what, that just happened. And yes, and, and we got to be careful because the devil could get us in an instant. Right. Our flesh could get us in an instant. But sometimes that which seems, seems just out of nowhere, there's been a progression that has taken place. The Bible doesn't tell us how long between hardening and the suddenly. It doesn't mean once you're hardened, suddenly, right away, that's going to happen. Now, that can happen. It can be days, weeks, months, years, decades. But then all of a sudden, the Bible says, shall suddenly be destroyed. Now, you and I ought to take great interest in that. Because we don't come back from that destruction. Mom and dad, teach your children when they're young what the Bible says you do. What if my opinion is different than the Bible? We do what the Bible says. You know what that means, though? That means you have to live that way, too. Grandparents, teach your grandchildren that way. We do what the Bible says. We live the way the Bible says because we can resist and we harden then there's that law there's that sense of security can i say this and use it as a warning because we live in an internet world we live in a social media world don't don't seek after those who are rebelling against god's word Well, they have seven million two hundred ninety-four thousand two hundred twelve followers on Instagram. I don't care if they have seven billion. And, and by the way, you know, Paul wouldn't have been taking selfies of, you know, all of his ministry success. But anyway, um, well, they have all of these all of these followers. Don't don't get enamored by that. If we live in conflict with this, it doesn't doesn't matter who we are, myself included. If you're saved, how many of you are saved tonight? Then you have the Spirit of God in you, which is an authority, the authority, who reinforces this word. So every day it's going to be that conviction, that reproving, that reproving. And the only way to stop that reproving is to get to a place where you turn him off. That's a whole other study for danger. But suddenly we'll be destroyed without war. It seems sudden, but reality its not. Number six. Let me give you number six, number seven, and we will be done after several comments. Number six, the destruction could be God's direct chastisement or it could be the consequences of not heeding the reproof. Let me say that again. The destruction could be God's direct chastisement, or it could be the consequences of not heeding the reproof. We as Christians are very good at pointing the finger at another situation and say, look at God's judgment. Now, God says He will judge certain things. So when God says he'll judge something and he judges it, God kept his word. In what we're talking about tonight, dealing with the stubborn, there's a warning that if we don't give in to the reproof, we should give in to that reproof. When the Spirit convicts you, give in to that reproof. Say, well, well, I heard what he said, and I don't... Okay, if the Spirit convicts you, give in to the reproof. Right. The Bible says it, give in to the reproof. Because when we resist, we resist, resist, resist. Then we start living in a way that... Remember all the... The pastor preached that... Man, there's, there's consequences for leaving the Word of God and disobeying the Word of God. Where are they? Well, well I, the Bible's true... So we get lulled into a sense of security that their structure is going to come. It could be God's direct chastisement, or it could simply be the consequences of not heeding the reproof. You know, if if you if you if you if you work with power tools and let's say you, you, framing and, and lumber, and you have these power saws. And you're new at it and you're working along, you're doing pretty well, and the master carpenter says, you may want to not hold that that way. Well, how come? You might cut off a finger. And if next Sunday we're calling you stumpy, That might, well, God judged them. No, it might have been because you were too stupid. Can you say that from the pulpit? You're too stupid to listen to the reproof. Let's think of the fool. We've we talked about the fool in the past. The Bible says his end is destruction. So if God says the fool's end is destruction, a fool is that, that one. to remind you that they, they're, they're simple. They're without knowledge of some situations. They're without knowledge, and we've all been there. So we're confronted with wisdom and instruction and understanding. Now, what do we do with that? Oh, we ignore it. The Bible says that's a fool. He's in love with his folly. Now, the scorner and the fool are very different. God says the scorner, you cast them out and and to smite them because he said there's no hope for them. He will deal with the scorner. That's God judging. He doesn't say that with a fool. He says a fool is just going to, their folly is going to catch up with them. Well, you live like a fool, it's going to catch you. So we can ignore the reproof. And yes, we can face the chastisement of, and by the way, can I just say this? Facing God's chastisement is better than being out of the will of God. so that He can bring us back into the, His will, His fellowship. So it, can, can we agree that it is foolish to ignore God's reproof? In doing so, we're agreeing that we've all been foolish. It's foolish. Either way, the hardening at the reproof does not end well. Young people especially, do not take my word for that. He's just trying to scare us. Well, if you get scared by it, good. Don't take my word for it, although I can sit down with you. I'm old enough to give you illustrations. But don't take my word for it because I could die tomorrow. Let's take Solomon's word for it, God's word for it. Suddenly destroyed in that without remedy. Number seven, last one, the one you've been looking for. The stubborn rejects the only remedy for their destruction. Think about that statement for a moment. The stubborn rejects the only remedy for their destruction. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. We've all heard the joke, seen the cartoon, or, or something to the effect. The little baby has got a, me- a screwdriver metal object, fixing to put it in the outlet. And the mom's like, oh, you need to stop him. Dad's like, he'll only do it once. <laughs> or it's like, don't, don't, don't pull on that. Don't touch that. Oh, that, that's what happens when you touch something hot. What would save the person for from the destruction? The reproof. The stubborn rejects that which is their lifeline. Young people, if you've got parents that reprove you, you ought to thank God for that. You don't always like it, and quite frankly, it's normal not to like it. You ought to be thankful for that. That's the thing which saves you. And we're destroyed because we reject the very thing that saves us. Why? Because we have a little bit too much pride in us that we're worried about what this person may think or that person may think, or if I go down to the altar that this person is going to judge me on that. If if I deal with this, then you just got to you and I have to decide that that we we're not perfect. We have an authority, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, who's going to reprove us. And as we are reproved, whether it's in a church service, or we're reading our Bible in our daily devotions, or or we're driving down the road, and the Spirit of God begins to work in our life, however, it is. Don't hate the reproof. It's your lifeline. But you may not li- you may not like my personality, you may not like which I can't imagine now. You may not like anything about me. You may, you may disagree with, with half of my opinions. Like I've told you, if it's my opinion, you can decide, take it, leave it, do whatever you want to with it. But when God says something, you and I must listen to that. Well, I don't want to go to church that just preaches the Bible. You want to thank God for that. That's your lifeline, that's your protection. You know, and there's times I'm like, oh, man, God, why'd you put this on my mind? Why'd you put this on my heart? You've known me. I just celebrated 11 years as your pastor. You know the kind of messages I like to preach. Bible ones. But you know I like to encourage. I like, I like, I like to give things to a bit. But sometimes we need reproving. Say, Pastor, who are you? Okay, let me say. Sometimes I need reproving. Yeah. I say, Why are you giving this to them? And God's like, It ain't for them. It's for you. Go and preach it. Don't resist it. Don't, don't, don't get to a place. Young couple, don't get to a place where you're like, Well, you know, we just want to. We just want to be somewhere where it's not. You know, we we it's a little watered down, or it's not that reproof right. is the lifeline. You know. If I grew, you know the home I grew up in. My dad sits right down there. My mom's in heaven now. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in, it would be called a strict home. I grew up in all of that. I was not the perfect child. Compare me to my brothers. I was the perfect child, but I was, I was not the perfect child. And there are periods of my life when I was certainly closer to God then some I, was, I was not as close to God. But I can tell you this. I got saved when I was very, very young. And whenever I listened to what the Spirit told me, my mama didn't have to get on to me. My daddy didn't have to get on to me. Because the Spirit. Now sometimes... And this is hard, you have to imagine this with me because it's going to be hard for you to imagine. Sometimes, as a teenage guy, I was a little hard headed. My mind would be somewhere else. And I wasn't listening to the Spirit of God, or let's just be completely honest, I wasn't interested. But I had reproof. What was that? That's the remedy for not being destroyed. I'll, I'll butcher this statement. I don't remember who said it. But it's along the lines of we shouldn't be bothered when we're convicted by this book. We should be bothered when we're not. I want to be close to the Lord I want to be the right kind of pastor for you. But it's a dangerous day in my life when this does not reprove me. It's my lifeline, it's my protection. Young people, young adults, you, you live in a world that with, with the way well, your thing is, it's 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 all these ideologies, everything comes to you. And along the way, you're going to have to trust the authorities that God's placed in your life. You you can trust the Word of God. Boy, if somebody's made a mess of it, it's not this Bible's fault. If some church goes another way, it's not this Bible's fault. If somebody gets caught up in something, it's not this Bible's fault. You can trust the Word of God. You can trust the Spirit of God. When God reproves you, well, that that's to help you. We have a choice when that reproof comes. Because it is going to come because we are all stubborn, or we all have the potential to be stubborn. And where we are and where we are in our heart is revealed when we're reproved. You know, we're all sinners. So we're all going to be reproved by the Spirit of God. Basic Bible. Now, where it's decided, well, are we going to receive instruction, become wise, or become a fool, or become stubborn, is what we do with that reproof. So let's not get our, let our pride get us in a place where we're going to be destroyed. Let me say, aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Aren't you thankful for the long-suffering nature of God? Well, he's, he's better to us than we deserve. So I say all that to say, if there's an area of your life where you've hardened your neck towards God, you know, and, and, and I'm just, let me, let me share, and I'll be done at some point. I, I've been on this a little bit with us as a church, and I'll follow up with it tonight. We've got to get away from this mindset of trying to prove to everybody that we're perfect. What do I mean by that? We all need, there's nobody living this Bible perfectly. I was talking to Brother Gray a little bit today, and, and I was like, man, there's sometimes I was like a dogmat as a preacher, bless God, this is what. You know, I've already used that illustration. I'm like, oh, well, the Bible just changed my theology. I hope I know more Bible now, fixing to turn 50 than I did when I was 25. I hope I've grown as a Christian. There's some of you in here, you've been a member of this church less than a year. Well, the joy is your pastor is to watch you grow as a Christian. And by the way, you haven't reached perfection, so let's not put those expectations on another Christian. But that reproof, the Spirit comes. Well, if there's an area of your life tonight that you're, you're hardening your neck, and the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, or he just looks you eyeball to eyeball, figuratively speaking, and says, you're wrong. Don't harden. Because when you resist that confrontation, that's the remedy. That's why when people get away from God and you can see the destruction coming, it's a, it's a tragic thing as a parent, as a pastor, Sunday school teacher, Somebody who's invested in somebody. But we don't stop praying for them. But before it's too late, we won't you won't you give in to that reproof? Won't you give in to the conviction? Mom and Dad, don't 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 give up your Bible because of a wayward child. Love them, pray for them. But the Bible didn't make them wayward. The hardening of the neck did. What's their hope? The same spirit they resisted. America's in trouble, not because of Hollywood. Let me finish. Not because of Disney. Let me finish. Not because of the Democrats. Please let me finish. it's because america has resisted the reproof of the authority so how do we get america back we got to get trump back in that's better that's not the solution the solution is to yield to the reproof god needs god's going to judge hollywood the day's coming he's going to judge this group and this group the day's coming but he does say judgment begins at the house of God. Let's give in to that reproof. Father, help us tonight.